This is Rolling Rocks Radio with Jerry Armentrout, Cody Carter, and Scott Barker. Welcome to Rolling Rocks Radio, the podcast where we talk about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, mixed martial arts, and anything else we find entertaining. He's Jerry Armitrout. Hey. I'm Scott Barker. Welcome to today's show. It's, it's been a while. It's, it's been, been a little bit. We had uh, we wow. did our, our sipping separately last time. Uh, I was getting ready to put out a single show uh, later on this week. We got together, so we, we got together last week, um, and we trained, but Jerry had to go to work after we were done. Yep. You were working doubles or some yep. crazy shit. So he got the life we, of an adult. Yeah, exactly. The life of an adult. He got wrapped up in, in having to go to work. So he had to cut out after training last week. Um, I've been dealing with some domestics this week and didn't get the single episode out. So, but we're back together today. So that's all that really matters. Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. We, we try to get our episodes out as much as we can and we'll, we will try to get posted if we're not going to get one out on on our social media so people know not to be looking for one if we have complications but yeah i mean this is our hobby not our career we don't we don't make a whole we don't make anything for doing we, this. we would love to be able to yeah. make this our uh, our full-time gig yeah. but yeah we're not yeah. quite there yet we need a whole lot more sponsors if we're going to get there yeah speaking of that audible hit me up or not 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 audible shit anchor hit me up we, we got to work something out here we've yeah. been doing this for two years and haven't gotten another uh offer for a sponsor so let's let's work this out yeah anyway so yeah so it, it's been a little bit but that's okay we're back at it we had another good morning yep um in here we had uh new dark sider member jacob come in and uh do a little wrestling clinic with us he, yep. he showed us some interesting wrestling takedowns we did a little bit of striking stuff yeah we tra- yeah we traded a little uh i showed him a little how to throw a, a jab and a little teep kick uh just the basics and then he showed us this really cool little takedown from 50 50 standing which was it pretty was cool. cool we should have filmed the commentary because the commentary, the, the commentary was it. the best part we will we will we'll have to get that and get it out there because the commentary was hilarious so i took notes and i didn't exactly know what to call i was writing it down in my notebook i wasn't exactly sure what to call it so that takedown will now forever be known as jacob's ass grab takedown good name it's the ass grab yep it's the uh, jacob's ass grab, well, grab ass it's the grab ass takedown grab ass then pass yeah grab, grab ass at the pass yep all right, so we had some fights last night, Jerry. Yay. Yes, yes we, well, I mean, we had some good fights last we night. We did have some good fights last night. Uh, so, I mean, I watched. They were actually from the prelims on. I did not watch the early, early prelims. Uh, I think there was like two guys for super early, but I did start uh, with the William Knight, Maxim Grishin. That one went the distance. Yeah, like I said, neither guys really. Uh, William Knights, I think, fought a couple times. I'm not sure about Grishin. Uh, Jeremiah Wells uh, fought dude who goes by the name of Blood Diamond is his name. Hmm. He is a teammate of Israel Ayanse, and he he got welcomed to... Uh, so is he South African? Uh, I, um, I think so, but he trains in New Zealand. And he that's got a him, risky. That's yeah. a risky nickname to take if he's South African. And he got put unconscious with a choke by Jeremiah Wales. Choked him unconscious. Uh, it was a really nice welcome to uh, UFC. 
uh, your debut. Uh, let's see. A.J. Dobson and Jacob Malcone. Uh, that was the co-main for the early prelims. That was a good fight. Uh, early on in the first round, Dobson controlled it. His striking was better. He defended the takedowns really well. Uh, and then in the second round, Jacob Malcone just come out, got the takedowns, and just basically second and third round just rode A.J. Dobson. I mean, he just took him down and controlled him. He had something like almost eight minutes of control time in two rounds. Uh, and something like a hundred and some strikes landed from uh, and while in control. So that ended up being an easy decision win. Uh, the best part of that fight was A.J. Dobson's head coach, uh, is uh, Mark Coleman, the legendary Mark Coleman. And he's sitting there trying to coach him to get up, and he's just yelling at him just to get the fuck up. Off the mat, because Dobson, Dobson looks like, it looks to me like he gave up. He just, he had no fight in him. He just kind of laid there and just let Malcone do every, just do whatever. He just kind of just like lost his fight. The main event for early prelims was Mana Martinez versus Ronnie Lawrence. Coming into this fight, they talked about how great Manny Martinez's striking was and that Ronnie Lawrence was a takedown artist. But ended up being Lawrence uh, scored three knockdowns of Manny with just straight strikes, just knocked him down. And just took him down at will. I mean, it was a very one-sided fight. And the best part was when Ronnie was being interviewed, he said that, that it was a... He, that it wasn't his best performance, but it was pretty good since he did have explosive diarrhea. <laughs> That's like, <clears throat> that is awesome. Well, that puts North-South out of the question. So he's like, you know, he was so afraid he would lose it in the octagon. It's like, yeah, that's, you know, I think that's an, uh, a submission if you shit yourself. <laughs> so pre, the prelims, prelims had some couple good fights. Uh, the opener was Carlos Olberg versus Fabio Charant, Carlos Olberg is a is from New Zealand. He is a former former male model who has been on reality TV there and trains at City Kickboxing. Uh, and he fought like a kickboxer with like a Muay Thai style. Fabio Charant is uh, known as the Water Buffalo. This is fighting name. But he got manhandled in that fight. He threw five five strikes in the first round and six in the second. I think he finished the fight with like less than 20 total strikes. Um, Olberg just punched him at will. And Sharon just literally looked like he just broke and didn't want to fight. <laughs> this is his third straight loss. He Sharon, uh took a short notice 48-hour fight back during COVID and they gave him a contract and he's lost all three fights in the UFC. Uh, so that's probably the last time we'll see Sharon because he just got dominated. And Olberg's not that, is, is got a whole lot of holes that he needs to work on. He's still a young fighter, but he just, Sharon just looked like he didn't want to be in there. Uh, Kyler Phillips versus Marcello Rojo. I thought this was one of the fights of the night. Uh, Rojo is a box, almost like a standard orthodox boxer, and 
he threw good strikes for a boxer. But Kyler Phillips is known as the Matrix. I've seen him fight before. He was just all over it. Leg kicks, spinning. It got to a point where his his corner told him to stop throwing the spinning hook kick. It's like, dude, stop. Just stop. <laughs> you don't need to do that anymore. But he lit he he lit Rojo up at will with strikes. He kicked him so many times that it looked like Rojo had a football hang, you know, yeah, on on his calf. Uh, and Phillips took him down to the third. Good, you know, good ground control. Uh, got into S mounted S mount. Went, turned him around with for a triangle. Uh, Rojo tried to stand up out of it, and Phillips brought his hips up like he should have, still holding on to the arm, and turned into an arm bar and got the submission. And that was, it was a really good fight for Phillips, and he looked really good. Rojo's is talented, but he needs to work on. Uh, the fact that you can't use a standard box, standard boxing defense against someone who's going to kick your legs out from under you, because he was throwing good strikes, but he's throwing boxing strikes, and then he wasn't defending, wasn't checking any kicks, and it it, it wasn't good. Rojo's had a rough time the last couple yeah. of rounds because the last fight he had was March thirteenth of twenty twenty one. He was supposed to fight um, Jonathan Martinez back in September. That one got canceled. Yeah, and then he some, was supposed to fight Daniel Santos in October, and that one got canceled. He had some health issues. He um, apparently had uh, – the first fight that got canceled, he ended up in the hospital from the weight cut. Mm. And he could not get rehydrated. His body just would not rehydrate. And then he had some other issues, so he took a year off to let his body heal. So, yeah, he, a little ring rust, but also he's relying heavily on that boxing. And in jiu-jitsu, in UFC, especially UFC, but in mixed martial arts, you can't rely on just one form. You can't be a jiu-jitsu guy only. Right. you got to have a little bit of striking. You can't be a striker only and you know, because someone's going to eat you up. And Kyler Phillips just ate him up. He just... Rojo pushed forward. He was game the whole fight. It was actually funny. Charant looked like he gave up in the fight before, even though he wasn't taking that much damage. And here's Rojo getting kicked and punched and just getting worked pretty good. And he just kept moving forward. Coming forward. And he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. Then the fight out, you know, fight I was excited to watch. Roxanne Mataferi versus Casey O'Neill, because it was Roxy's last fight, it was a retirement fight. You're talking about a 39-year-old woman. She come into the fight 25 and 20. She's been fighting. That's her record in professional mixed martial arts. That's not counting her amateur. That's not counting grappling only. It's not counting all the other stuff she does. That's just her record in professional mixed martial arts. Yep. Uh, Casey O'Neill was uh, is in her 20s, and she talked a little shit earlier in this week, which, you know, people should, that she was going to finish her. The fight went the distance. It ended up being a split decision because one judge, and we'll talk about him in a minute, but I gave Roxanne the third round. She won the, the last round of her last fight. She did. She got a takedown. She controlled it. But Casey O'Neill easily won the first two rounds. Uh, combined, they, Casey O'Neill set the record for the most strikes, significant strikes thrown and landed in uh, flyweight women's history. And combined, the two women set a record for the most combined strikes thrown and landed for a women's flyweight bout. Uh, 
Roxanne took her down twice, but mostly just, just like she wanted to go out on her feet. She went, you know, to me it looked like she committed to going out on her shield one way or the other. And she bloodied up Casey O'Neill, and O'Neill gave her mad respect at the end of the fight. Uh, the crowd was booing her a little bit, and she's like, fine, if you want me to be, be the villain, I'll be the villain. Uh, Roxanne's a great fighter and nothing but respect, and I wish her well and whatever she wants to do. And then Roxanne, you know, gave her farewell, and it was it was awesome. Um, she's a great fighter. She's, you know, her record, yeah, is a little salt. You know, it's twenty five and twenty one, but she's been fighting for a long time, and she's fought the best of the best. She was a pioneer. Yeah, I mean, um, so she should have been. She was actually would have probably should have been the first women woman in the UFC, but they decided to go with Ronda and Katzengano and. I believe, like Roxanne believes, is because they look better in the outfits, and it was more of these women can, you know, not taking away from their from their uh, tech, you know, technical. You know, both women are awesome fighters, but it also happened to be they also were pretty, so they get that attention because they both were pretty. Mm -hmm. And Roxanne, you know, she's like your your local librarian. She's awesome, but just she's she doesn't fill out the, you know, she's not the swimsuit model. The main event for the early for the prelims was Andre Avlosky versus Jared Vandera. Andre is forty three, almost forty four years old. He's still out there, and he fought the fight. And it, the commentators called it. They, he fought his fight. He would rush. He would move in. He would throw quick shots, and he'd move away. Vandera threw more punches. And landed more strikes, not by a lot, maybe by 10 or 15 total. And he stayed in the center of the octagon, but it, it was like Andre controlled when they engaged and how long they engaged. So he got the he got the he got a split decision win as well, because the same judge who gave the fight to Roxanne gave the fight to Jared Vandera, and it was funny because leading up to that to the in the third round, they were talking about the commentators like, yeah, even though Vandera's in the center of the octagon, he's throwing a few more punches, Andre is in control of the fight. And they're like, you know, he should win this by decision. And uh, Anik was like, yeah, but the same judge who just had a scorecard in the previous fight has a scorecard in this one, and they were making fun of him. They're like, we're not sure what he's watching. He needs to, they need to learn. And he came out with Vendera winning my split decision. It's like, uh, <laughs> how what that, fight are you watching? How that work? Yeah, Vendera won the third round. I, I, I agree to that because uh, he, Arlosky, I think, knew he had the first two rounds, so he kind of coasted in the third, and Vendera tied him up and controlled him. Nothing serious, but he did control him and have him pinned against the octagon, you know, against the cage. Yeah. But, yeah, for a referee to get, you know, rule it the other way, it was pretty bad. So, but Andre, at his age, he, instead of relying on his chin like he used to, he's relying on, I mean, he's on, what, like a four or five fight win streak, man. Yeah, he's, what is he on? He's on a good streak. Yeah. I mean, he went to where he lost quite a few in a row to now he's on, you know, at least three fight, maybe four. Three. three yeah. That was his third where he's and he's beating these younger guys. You know, he's just protecting himself and he's he's controlling the tempo. 
which well, is smart. Well, he's, he's fighting smart, right? I yeah. mean, he's got all that experience. Yep. And his skills, you really, you know, you can't deny his skills. Um, yeah. So he's just, he's fighting the, the, the smart fight, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like Kelly and Jiu-Jitsu, right? We can't play the 20-year-old yeah. game anymore. we got to change our, our game to kind of fit how our bodies work or don't work yeah, these days. So If I need to be explosive, I can serve it for one big move. I can't be explosive the whole five-minute round, or that's all I'm going to get yep. in one five-minute round. All right, so the main card, uh, Bobby Green versus the Rat Hasforest. Uh, Bobby Green won. Uh, it was a unanimous decision. He was a pretty clear-cut win. Uh, Her- Alexander Fluffy Hernandez. Fluffy. He talked a lot of shit this week. Uh, I mean, he was just, like, mad about his placement on the on the fight card. Uh, was just bitching in general. He come out and had a piss-poor outing and got submitted a minute into the second round by Renardo. Makano, I mean, it was kind of a really bad outing for a guy who was bitching all week about where he stands in on, on the pay-per-view and all that stuff. He's uh, on the main card. I mean, well, he apparently earlier this week he was bitching that he said he was on the prelims. It was just like you're on the main card. Why? Why are you claiming you're on the prelims? Because I thought he was on the main card too, but I don't know. Someone, I don't, I don't know. He was bitching this week about different things. And then he gets has a really bad outing. Uh, middleweight bout was a good one. Uh, if Jared, this one didn't end in TKO, I was going to be surprised. Jared Cannonier, Derek Brunson. Uh, early on, it looked like Brunson was had had the first round, and then Jared Cannonier just knocked him out in the second. Uh, and then Cannonier talked a lot of shit how he should be getting you know, the next title fight and all that. But yet, his record's not that good, and he's been beat by those guys up top ahead of him. Yeah. So is Derek Brunson. I mean, Brunson has been knocked out by both Israel and Robert Whitaker. Both of them have knocked him out. Jared Cannonier, I think, has lost to both Whitaker and Israel. So I, I don't know what's the future's middleweight right now. Uh Heavyweight bout. This one, I'm, this one, you, you, you could almost see it coming as a knock. Someone's gonna get knocked out. Yeah. And we're gonna go in and stand and bang. I figured Derek Lewis would, would only wrestle <clears throat> if he got in trouble and he never got a chance. Ty Tuivasa knocked him out, and they did three chewy, uh, three chew, uh, shoeys, uh, one at the octagon and two on the way to the locker room. Uh, at least it wasn't a cuppy like they were joking about earlier in the in, in the week about drinking from their cups, which probably Oof. made a lot of people. I mean, that's <clears> – drinking from a shoe is one thing. Drinking from a cup is something else. Uh, but, yeah, Ty Tavasa knocked him out in the second. Excuse me. And, uh, I mean, Ty, Ty is moving – is starting to get some traction. I don't think he's ready for Nganu right now. He's still got, I think, a little bit more to learn. But knocking out Derek Lewis is a big step in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't want him to see him go against Cyril Gagne or Francis right now because I think getting a devastating loss to those might, like, shake him up. But, yeah, he's, he's definitely top ten now easily. He should be – hell, I mean – 
he's got an argument to fight someone in the top five. Yeah. I mean, Derek Lewis fought for an interim title not long ago. He beat Francis Ngannou. So, I mean, you just – Yeah, he, he lost to Cyril Gaon yeah. for the interim and then – Yeah. So, yeah. we'll see. And then the main event was Israel Asanye versus Robert Whitaker in the rematch. And this one went went to full five rounds. Uh, Israel won the unanimous decision. Uh, but there's a lot of – I actually thought Robert Whitaker won – the decision, and I'm not the only one. A lot of people believe the Whitaker uh, won the last three rounds, but but the judges didn't see it that way, and that's the issue. Is now that you know, if you don't get a win, you have to rely on judges that may not be watching the same fight everybody else is. Yeah, and and also if you're the champion, the judges. Are gonna if the the round is close, they're probably gonna give you the nod. Okay, I didn't see much. We'll just give it to Israel. I didn't see much. We'll give it to him. And it gets to that point where it's like, okay, you know what? What do we have to do to get these judges to be better? Did you see um, Izzy's um, pre-fight uh, face-off? Yeah, necklace. Rock, paper, oh no, I just saw the rock paper scissors. All right, so he had. He had a necklace that had a little tiny video screen on oh. it, and it was playing his knockout of Whitaker over and over and over during the face-off. Yeah, he did do rock, paper, scissors with him, which was pretty cute. And he was respectful at the end of the fight, uh, very respectful. Uh, so Israel is definitely, a, you know, he talks a little shit, but he's a sportsman. I mean, he's, he's an athlete. Uh, I don't have a problem with Israel winning. I thought Robert did a little bit more in the later rounds, but when it comes down to it, it is what it is. You you know the judges decide stuff, and uh, there's always going to be doubt now because the judging is so awful here lately in some of yeah. these fights. That's like, are they watching the same fight we are? But that's all we have for the fights. You got some. We got a lot to look forward to uh, later on this year. We should have the return of McGregor. Who is he going to fight? You've got Nate Diaz and Dustin Poirier really, really talking about fighting. Uh, last yesterday, Diaz said that, that he wants Poirier to be his retirement fight because he's done. He wants to fight Poirier so he can retire, and he wants to fight him soon. And Poirier says he's ready to go, so we'll see what happens. I'm uh, kind of looking forward to seeing what happens with the next uh, fight night card, which is the 19th, so that's going to be next, next yeah, Saturday. Saturday. Um, it was supposed to be uh, Dos Anjos versus Fazev. But yeah, they moved that fight. Dude, we've lost one, two, three, four fights off the main card already. Yeah. And one fight off the prelim card. So far, the main event is lined up to be Johnny Walker versus Jamal Hill. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what that one actually turns into. You yeah. got Kyle Dawkins, um, which could be an entertaining fight. Um, let's see who else we got. Okay, yeah, so all the yeah the Elise Reed, uh, Corey McKenna fight was canceled. Alir Latifi got bumped. Um, off some the mains. Of, some of the guys see the, the Sandra fight got moved because uh, his opponent couldn't get his visa in time. Mm. So there was visa issues getting him in the country, so he couldn't get here in time to get everything done. So they had to push it back. 
So uh, also on that card, if it holds up, we got Jessica Rose Clark coming yeah. back. So Jesse Jess will be back fighting uh, Stephanie Egger. So that should be a good one. I think that's that's a good um, matchup for Clark. We'll see how she does. That's a you know she's training well. You know, big fan. So we'll see how she does. Yep, I'm I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. And then the fight uh, the fight night after that one in late February is. Uh, Benil Dariush against Islam Makhlchev. Yeah. That'll be a rough one. That'll be a good fight. Um, and then who else is on that one? Josanne Nunez is on that one, so that'll be a that'll be another good one. So yeah, we got some good fights coming up. There's a lot of yeah, stuff. Yeah, we got a lot of good. I mean, you got some good card. You know, hopefully we get some good cards for the fight nights, which you watch on ESPN, ESPN Plus. Yes. You, know, you don't have to do pay per view because pay per views did go up. They're now seventy some bucks. Yeah. I think seventy four ninety nine or seventy nine ninety nine. That's pricey, dude. I mean, I I get it. You know, everything. I mean, you know. Yeah. Everything's going up due to the. Uh, Due to you know, due to inflation, the five second rule's been changed to the ten second rule. So yeah, and yeah, you got it. it yeah. Stuff's a pain in the ass. Yep. But yeah, so we got some good fights coming up. Um there's a lot coming up on flow grappling. We got some more flow grappling um stuff coming up. I was telling Jerry last night we were texting back and forth. I caught one of just the regular flow grappling tournaments, not really tournaments, but shows. Um, I was kind of impressed. They they had you know they had some kids. They had everything from white belt up through black belt. It was it was kind of cool just to see like you know no, just what I would consider regular jujitsu players right out who were yeah. competing you know but it wasn't all super fights yeah. like uh, like who's number one is um, nothing wrong with that. Those are all great matches. Just fun to watch. I don't know. Like I said, normal jujitsu competitors get up there on a big stage on TV, you know, streaming, and they get a chance to, you know, have their have their big time, you know, yeah. come out to entrance music and have your fight camp, and it uh, that's just I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. So you got anything else on the fights, man? No, that's all I got. All right, well, we'll be right back after a word from special guest Matt Warner, who's novel Empire of the Goddess. We'll be right back. My name is Thomas Dillon. You may know me as the man who supposedly killed his own son to collect insurance money. The truth is my little boy, Walter, was abducted by a religious cult. They took him to a parallel world, to an America run by religious fanatics and plagued by disease. I know because I've been there, and I found my son. It's a place of magic and malice and ignorance, where faith healing is medical care and government enforcers dress like Klansmen. Now, I know I sound crazy, like this is the plot of a dystopian dark fantasy novel that would appeal to fans of Neil Gaiman. And indeed, that's how I had to get my story out, by teaming up with writer Matthew Warner. He published my first person account as a novel called Empire of the Goddess. Publishers Weekly called it quick-paced and intriguing. Can you believe that? But he let me record the audiobook because only I can tell you my story. And it's gonna blow your mind. Look for it on Amazon and at MatthewWarner.com. Empire of the Goddess.
And we're back. All right, so Jerry and I always love to tell the story, or we, we reference the meme quite uh, often about, uh, you know, Mikey uh, does a, uh, or Johnny, was it Johnny studies yeah. nine years of karate and gets beat by a kid who did a 10-week crash course. And, you know, Jerry and I are usually pretty dismissive of, you know, the, the three-week crash course or whatever. But I did, I did stumble across a story, and I, I've known about the story for a while, but it just kind of popped in my head about somebody who actually used a four-week crash course to win a championship. Um, so if any of the Rolling Rocks uh, fam out there are familiar with Tim Ferriss, he's one of the original kind of life hacker kind of guys. He wrote uh, The 4-Hour Body and The 4-Hour Work Week and Tools of Titans and, you know, a, a bunch of productivity books, right, yeah. where the, the deal is, you know, you're, you're uber productive in some way so you can spend the rest of your time doing something fun. Well, a friend of his bet him that he couldn't win a kickboxing, a Chinese kickboxing championship with only four weeks training. And I actually think the challenge was just that he wouldn't take the fight, let alone yeah. win. But uh, so Tim takes the bet and he goes and, and of course, being a good life hacker, you got to know the rules. So he goes and gets the rules. And in reading the rules, he found two little fine print items that um, he thought would be helpful in his quest. One was he found out that the weigh-ins for the event was the morning of the day before. Yep. And the event was the night of the next day. So basically, he used the, the, uh, the, the depletion and the dehydration techniques that most wrestlers or professional mixed martial arts fighters use. And he came in three weight classes below where he really should have been fighting and then basically had two days to rehydrate. Um, so he pulled that off. Then he found out that in order to win, all he had to do was force his opponent outside of the ring or off the platform three times. And that would disqualify his opponent and he would get the win. So in what Tim described as the ugliest Chinese kickboxing matches ever, all he did was put his head down, guard his face, and push his opponents off the platform. Yep, he just kind of pushed his... He, bull, he basically bull, bullied them out of the fighting area to where, yeah, he, just, he just bullied into them. And, and, and they were three weight classes below yeah. him. So he was basically pushing small people outside of the ring to win this Chinese kickboxing championship. And you can go online, and I'll, I'll find the video, and I'll post it um, down, in the, uh, yeah. down in the show notes. I don't think he throw, he doesn't even, I don't even think he even attempts a single kick. He I don't just, think so either. He just puts his hands up and just pushes. Just, yeah, just kind of shoves them out of the ring. So you can win a championship with four weeks, uh, with a four-week crash with course. With proper but preparation and knowing the rule set. Knowing the rule set, yeah. And I still say Daniel cheated. A, front, a kick to the face was illegal, but he still somehow managed to win Karate Kid. I mean, come on now. He cheated. <laughs> this is true. I mean, this is true. I thought the rule set no, it said no kicks to the face. I, you know. And then he wins with a front, front kick to the face. I mean. <laughs> With a crane kick, to crane the face. kick to the face. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, that 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 is still the dumbest move I've ever seen. One of the one of the dumbest moves. Oh come come seen. on, man! The drum punch is pretty. Yeah, yeah, that's some, that's up there too. Some of these, 
movies when people think that they the crap works. So we also had a uh, we also had a little tip for white belts. So um, I was talking with with one of our white belts, you know, and again I'm a I'm a no stripe blue belt, so been doing this a couple of years, but just talking to some white belts um, earlier in the week, and uh, they were they were talking about how they you know they were technical analytic people and they could take things and break it down and they couldn't understand why this wasn't necessarily transferring to their jujitsu. And I think that part of the issue there is we're taking Jerry's good at his job. I'm good at my job. That does just because we're intelligent in one or multiple aspects of life doesn't necessarily mean that intelligence carries over or that knowledge carries over to Jiu-jitsu, especially when you kind of start it later in life, right? Yeah. The one of the best descriptions of jujitsu I've ever heard is: at white belt, you're learning the alphabet; at blue belt, you're learning words; at purple belt, you're writing sentences; at brown belt, you're writing poetry; or at brown belt, you're writing paragraphs; at black belt, you're writing poetry. So you've kind of got to look at. I thought it was a great description of jujitsu, and you kind of have to look at jujitsu as learning a language. Yeah. Because if you think about it, like, you know, okay, I know a, you know, if I'm good, whatever my job is, right? I'm, I'm a pretty good engineer. That doesn't mean I'm going to be able to use what I know from engineering to learn to speak French faster. Yeah. It's a new language. Jiu-jitsu is a new language. And the thing that I noticed is I don't feel like I really started to get to the point where I was ready to be a blue belt until I started practicing for my blue belt test, until we started drilling for the blue belt test, right? Coach could see that I, that I could put all the pieces together, but I don't feel like I was really ready to progress until I started drilling the crap out of that blue belt test. So rolling is a ton of fun. It's, it's great to get down there and go at it with, um, with your, your teammates and your friends. But when you're a white belt, you really need to be in rote memorization yeah. mode. You need to be memorizing every little detail of the moves that are going to be, if you're a testing school, on your blue belt, on the blue belt test, right? The, the defense, you know, the, the, the back defense from, from turtle and, and from, from top back, um, all of those things you need to be you need to be committing those to memory because then you can start chaining them together yep right it, it's not until they kind of become second nature that you begin to be able to start chaining them together and start rolling well so this comes back to what Jerry and I always say is white everybody needs to just drill yeah. especially white belts don't get wrapped up in I mean roll like I said rolling is great but man drill 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 go into rote memorization mode well also you know people say oh well I'm really smart and I can break this stuff down but I can't break down jiu-jitsu at the end of the day jiu-jitsu is violence and sometimes it's hard to break down violence because even in a controlled setting like our gym it's still violent it's a violent act towards each other and even being controlled and being you know methodical in what you're doing sometimes it's hard for you to break down because you're not breaking down a problem or a procedure that's one-dimensional mm -hmm. 
you know, you're you're basically playing chess, you know, in multiple layers, or you know, uh, trying to solve a 300-pound Rubik's cube that's fighting. That's back. fighting back, yeah. I mean, that's you know what it is. You know, you can be as smart as you want, but your opponent's also got a mind. So yeah, I can't break this down. Well, you can't break it down because your opponent, you know, your partner, your drilling opponent isn't laying still so you can just do your stuff in a straight line you have to go at this at this is 80 percent of the position you need to figure out that other 20 percent that fits your style and that works with this opponent because how i finish my guillotine with this opponent isn't the same way i finish my guillotine with that opponent or even if you try guillotine yeah, against yeah. that opponent, right? If because I go for something, if I have to go for something else, or if I have to move my hip to here, or I have to push out farther, uh, I won't go for certain arm bars against certain people because of their size and how big their arms are. I'm not going to be able to do a spiral arm bar on certain people because their arms and shoulders are so big that that ain't going to work. I have to adjust it and you know do something else. And I think that's the problem is a lot of people overthink because they're yeah. like, oh, well, but I, I understand what this is, but it doesn't seem to work. Well, it's because your opponent's not laying still. They're also moving, and you're missing that part where they're moving and they're making it harder. So, Well, and the overthinking part is also, I think, an issue with, like I said, intelligent people who are legitimately intelligent. Yeah. They're trying to, like I said, they're they're – they haven't learned the alphabet yet, yeah. right? So they're overthinking, and that's where a lot of the what ifs come in. Yeah, they're trying to they're trying to write a haiku, and they don't even know the basic alphabet. Yeah, exactly. You know, so and it's not to say that you shouldn't ask questions. You should definitely ask questions, but ask questions that are prescient to them, yeah. to the technique, right? Again, it's like the kids' class, right? What if they, what if they're nine people and they're all ninjas and have you know, knives and sharks, yeah. you know, if you got to, if you're not sure where to put your foot during the move, that's fine. But like, don't be asking, you know, what if they pull out a gun and, you know, try to block your takedown or whatever, yeah. you know, keep, keep the questions prescient. Um, that will not only that'll help you learn the, the technique better, but it'll also give you more time for drilling and rolling because if coach has to answer a bunch of extraneous, weird questions that cuts into class time. Yep. You know, you can sit here and ask a thousand questions, a thousand what-ifs, and we're going to end up into a different uh, class. Yeah. Yep. Save that for adults, or save that for advanced class. Yeah. So, anyway, so that's all I've got for Jiu-Jitsu Corner today. It's been a crazy couple of weeks. Like I said, you know, we're finally getting back to class more regularly jerry's going to be coming off second here pretty soon so we're going yep. to get him back in here for more than just our usual coffee and shenanigans yeah but we will be back next week with uh with some better jujitsu stuff for you other than how to win a kickboxing championship in four weeks but four weeks or less and, and bending the rules to your <laughs> four weeks with ugly technique just bending the rules to your advantage hey you know what if you're not lying you're not trying all right, we will be right back after this word from our sponsor with Jerry. Seriously, be right back. And we're back. All right, Jerry, all yours. All right, well, seriously, this week is just kind of basic. Uh, anybody paying attention to any, anything, social media, news, whatever, has seen the work. Our country is fracturing and becoming more and more polarized, one, one side or another. We're all playing on teams. Uh, and 
it got really blown up because you have all these people now are angry at Joe Rogan. They want him censored and pulled off of Spotify, and they don't understand why he, he's allowed to say this and this and this. And then you have Whoopi Goldberg, who said some pretty insensitive stuff, uh, and she got suspended from her show over it. Uh, and it, it shows how, because you have people attacking Rogan then defending Whoopi Goldberg, but then you have the people defending Rogan at, and, and you know attacking her. So we've got to a point to where in America we have freedom of speech. Freedom of speech protects you from government interference and basically says you can say whatever you want. Now, both Rogan and Whoopi Goldberg work for companies. If these companies want to censor them or remove them or fire them, hey, that's up to them because it is a private enterprise and they have the right to. The government should not get involved. And people ourselves, we should not be saying, oh, my goodness, this person, should, I, because I don't like it, it should not be allowed to be said. First Amendment isn't isn't there to protect you from things. You only should only hear things you want to hear. That's not the reason for it. If we didn't, if you only heard what you wanted to hear or what you were allowed to hear, we wouldn't need the First Amendment. You would only hear what the government told you you wanted to hear. This would be, you'd have your propaganda. You wouldn't have news. You wouldn't be allowed to read books because I guarantee you, there's something you do or say that somebody else doesn't like. So we're always going to have to worry about offending somebody or anything if anything if you don't like it turn it off you don't have to listen to joe rogan you don't have to watch the view you don't have to watch anything with Whoopi goldberg you don't have to have to watch anything with this person or that person if you don't agree with them don't listen to them but you don't also don't have the right to silence them and that's that's the place we are we think that if we don't like something we should be allowed to kill it we should, you know, well, we shouldn't have to hear that. We just shouldn't have to see it. I don't like it. Well, that's not your choice. Just because you don't like something doesn't mean someone else does. And, it, and it, 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 there's this whole long list of things, you know, infinite things we can get into that someone else might not like that you do. And if we get to this and we start this slippery slope or, well, I don't want to hear that or he shouldn't be allowed to say that because I don't like it, what's next? Then you get into the, well, I don't like that you eat that. I don't like that you drink that. Oh, you shouldn't be allowed to watch that. You shouldn't be allowed to read that. Well, you shouldn't be allowed to date that person. Well, that person shouldn't be allowed to be in this establishment. You know, we start down a slippery slope and we end up in some pretty bad places. So just remember, if you don't like it, don't listen to it. If you're pissed off, you have, you have the First Amendment right to say, screw you, I don't like that. And you have every right to say, I don't like that and just approve of it. But you also need to realize that someone else might not like anything you say, and they want to cancel you next. Mm -hmm. So, well, and you can look at the way this is the way this whole thing is going, right? And it's it's more and more and more, right? Yeah. It's first they cancel people they don't like, and then they start infighting, is canceling each other, yeah. and then, you know, eventually it's going to be nobody can say anything because it might offend somebody. We're getting to that. We're, we're getting to that. I mean, a story this week, Adele, the artist, she yeah. won an award, the, the non-gender artist of the year award or whatever. It was a non-gender specific where we normally have female. It was just artist of the, of the year. year. It was, Instead it, of having female to, and male. Yeah. And she, in her succession speech, she said, I'm 
she's basically happy to be female. I'm she's proud, proud to, to be a female. woman. That's what she and said. And she gets ragged on about it. And instead of running away from that statement, she she come back even even harder the next night and said, "I'm happy to be a woman. I'm proud to be female. I should not be ashamed to say that." And but people want her to take that back. Why? She's happy to be a woman. I mean, people were mad at her because she lost weight and got healthy. That somehow her changing her lifestyle was bad for other people. It it's like, it's my life. It's not yours. I should be allowed to change anything I want. Well, it's like Mel- uh, when Melissa McCarthy lost yeah. all that weight. And Re- have you seen Rebel Wilson recently? Yeah. I mean, she's lost a ton of weight, too. She wanted to get healthy. Uh, Billy, that singer, Billy, Billy Eilish. Eilish, she typically wears baggy clothes. Well, people were freaked out because she was out one day in, like, leggings and a tank top and they were, were mad at her because uh, it, it gave other girls a bad image because she actually looks good in other clothes than her baggy that she has a nice body and oh, oh my goodness it'll make people feel bad about themselves so the girl should only wear baggy clothes so someone else doesn't feel bad about themselves Why? and, and you're mad at her and, and people are, are like attacking her because she went out and dared to go out in public in something that fit because she gives a wrong image to her fans it's like okay that you were crossing again we're crossing in these weird platforms where we're like well I don't like that you said this 10 years ago you shouldn't be allowed to say anything anymore Okay, well, what did you say 10 years ago? What did you say 10 minutes ago? What did you tell your best friend or your spouse? I mean, the shit me and Scott say back and forth (laughs) can get really... I mean, we have our Darksiders group, which is one thing, and then we have our private shit that we don't even share to the group. (laughs) Yeah. And, yeah. It gets dark. And and it's, it's just these jokes and these memes that we go back and forth with that are just funny as dark humor. And we'll say mean things to each other. Again, I'm the guy when my buddy got his knee popped out because someone did something <laughs> stupid. I literally keep telling him he should have tapped. And, you know, it's just this. And I'm, you thing. can hear me. I'm laughing. It's just it's just dark humor is how, is how people, you know, it's how we cope with shit. But there's going to be people that are going to look at us and say, oh, my, that is offensive. How dare you? And they get mad. I don't care. Suck it up, buttercup. You have, again, uh, I remember a few years ago, people got mad at football players because they started kneeling. And I was asked once uh, what my opinion was. And people then got were shocked when I said, well, they have every right to kneel. That's their First Amendment right. If they want to kneel when the, when the anthem is played, that is their right. It is protected speech. They're protected from the government. But my freedom of speech says I can say, you're a piece of shit for doing it, or fuck you for doing it, or whatever I want to say. Use my F on that. I'm allowed to say that because I also have the freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. Freedom of speech protects you from the government. It doesn't protect you from me. Yeah, and it doesn't protect you from the consequences of the market. If you say of, something, from your speech. you know, people uh, saying, hey, I'm going to boycott Joe Rogan, or I'm going to boycott the companies that, that support him, you have that right. You say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to spend money on this. I'll cancel my, subs- people, I'm gonna cancel my su- subscription to Spotify. Spotify's like, cool, do that. He's got, you know, something like 11 million uh, listeners, a day. listeners on every podcast a day. We don't care. We think we'll be fine losing your, your membership because his staunch listeners don't care. 
and you've listened to most of these people that are mad at Rogan have not listened to They've Rogan. They never listened to him. Yeah. They listen to what someone else tells him Rogan said. And you challenge them on something and they get mad. But same thing with Whoopi Goldberg. She was talking, you know, she said some insensitive things about the Holocaust. I think she was trying to make a point and her point got kind of spiraled out of control and you get to a point to where you can't walk it back. So she just kept pushing forward and she dug herself a hole and people got mad and she got suspended. And they're like, oh, well, but she got suspended. Rogan didn't. Okay. Two different companies. Spotify has a contract with Rogan to where in their their, their contract between them probably spells out certain things. They did pull some episodes off, but they were episodes Rogan chose to pull off, not Spotify. He has a pretty well-written contract that probably, from what I understand, they cannot censor him. And if they attempt to, they have to pay him his, his lump fee. And he can leave. And he can leave. And he, I guarantee you, he there is there's uh, Rumble offered him a hundred million bucks up front to come to them. So he has other avenues. Hell, he's got enough. If he gets his money from Spotify, if they breach his contract, he can start his own. It's not that hard. He knows people. They can build him one. Yeah. He'll, you know. So. Well, in the, he didn't get. He he lost like a hundred and some shows episodes. Whoopi Goldberg got a two-week suspension off TV. Neither one are hurt. Yeah, she had a take. She had a timeout for two weeks. Does it really matter? Probably not. She did apologize. I think it took. You know. But what makes it worse is then people start taking sides, and then other people get involved, and they're like, "Oh well." I mean, the dumbest thing was having Al Franken. It's like, well, she took the stage name Goldberg, so that should mean she's she's. she's what she says shouldn't uh, be counted, and she should be given a free pass. And this is like, dude, just shut up. This is what they decided to do. It happened. She said, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said it. Went on. Rogan made a formal apology. He said, hey, I said some dumb stuff. Didn't mean it. Cool. Hey, I'm going to pull these episodes off because some of the stuff on these episodes get a little out of whack. And there you go. Instead, it's, Oh my gosh, we should punish him more. Why? Well, and it, you know, if you're doing some, if you're doing, I don't, I'm not a fan of Whoopi. I, you know, I'm not a fan of Whoopi. I am a fan of Rogan. But either way, if you're doing what they're doing, if you're in front of the public for a number of hours yeah. every week for years, you're going to say something stupid occasionally. Right, it just, it's human nature. How many stupid things and, have we said on this show? And but, but look at their base. What are both of them? Stand-up the comedians. comedians. So maybe they're not. They're not. They're naturally people who joke about everything, or sometimes they don't realize the stuff they say may be taking in a different context than what they meant. No, I didn't. I wasn't watching the View when Whoopi Goldberg said it. Only saw the where people cut it up and show. Well, this is what she said. Is that what she said? Or are you showing me an edited version to make me mad about what she said? Yeah. Rogan, Rogan said this and this and this. No, I can actually go and play what he said against what you're saying he said, and there's a whole lot in between. You're cutting out sections so it makes it what he said or what someone on a show said sound even worse. Yeah. Because, and that's what people do. They get you to react, and they want to push one way or the other. And everyone's like, oh, well, Neil Young doesn't want to be on Spotify anymore. He pulled all his music. Yeah. He signed a deal with Amazon. 
to sell his music there, and you had to subscribe to Amazon, and he pushed his stuff over there. So was he really offended by what Joe Rogan said? Or, is or, did, he he use, or did he use this whole controversy to launch his music and make some money over at Amazon? You know, because uh, Neil Young has said some pretty pretty dumb things, things yeah. and some stuff you would consider bro science, as they accuse Rogan of. And uh, you know, and it's and that right there, science. Follow the science, but people only want to follow science if it fits their agenda. If it goes off path of anything that they that they believe is what they want or what they think, doesn't matter what the science says. Doesn't matter what anything says. Well, and, and don't trust anybody that says the science is settled. Yeah, because yeah, because science is never yeah. settled. We we learn stuff all the time. I mean, they're they're they'll tell you something new every day if you look. We learn something new all the time. There are very few laws in yeah. science, right? Most of them are theories. Yeah. The only ones that are, I mean, hell, I think gravity is still considered a theory. Yeah. But anything that's basically a law has been tested and tested and tested until it's proved basically immutable. But the, the whole thing about science is you pick a hypothesis, you test it, and if you, it tests positive, you give your process to other people so they can test yeah. it run the same process and verify that it works or is true so science is never settled and someone will find a glitch in what you did and then adjust it and it's like oh well it doesn't work for this or there's a little you know caveat here so yeah but i mean we're getting off a little bit but at the end of the day i've as i've always said have a little compassion for each other and just because you don't like what someone says, what they wear, what they act like, what they read, what they listen to, doesn't make you morally superior. And if you try to force your views on somebody else, who's the tyrant? Yep. If I force someone to only listen to or read or pay attention to what I like and then what they like, am I wrong? Or am I, you know, am I in the wrong? Or am I, if, or am I, the, you know, in the right? Because throughout history, the people who are forcing people to live a certain way tend to be the tyrants. Mm -hmm. People who ban books have never been on the winning side, yeah. or never been on the good side, yeah. at least. I mean, and telling someone, "Well, you can't, you shouldn't be allowed to have that business, that podcast," because I don't agree with a couple things you've said, or you've had a guest on your show I don't like. So, oh, you're not allowed to do that anymore. Just, you know, remember, it goes back the other way, and then people get mad when it happens to someone they like. Well, how dare they cancel that person? Well, you kind of started it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you see this all the time. People are like, oh, my, I can't believe that person got in trouble for saying that. Well, you literally you went suck. after someone for saying the exact same thing. They just happened to be on the other political spectrum of you, so you didn't have a problem when they got in trouble for it. You set but now, the precedent. But when your buddy gets in trouble for the exact same thing, you're shocked, and it's not fair. The 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 uh, I don't remember what the name of the the argument is, but it's like it's a, it's a it's a rhetorical razor. Mm -hmm. It's like Occam's razor, yeah. or you know, it's one of these rhetorical razors. And basically, it stated that if you can't take the same th if you can't take the same thing that you're proposing and give that power to the opposite side or reverse the argument and be okay with it, your argument's invalid. Yeah. So I can't. So so if I can't, if I if I want to say, Jerry, you can't do takedowns on me, 
if I'm also not okay with turning it around and saying I can't do takedowns on Jerry, then my argument's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, is that an argument or is that just self-preservation? Okay, in that case, it's self-preservation on my part, but you get the point. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's it's like the yeah, it's like the filibuster rule, yeah. right? I mean. If the Republicans wanted to get rid of the filibuster rule, they needed they should look at it and say, well, what happens when the power flips and the Democrats have the control well, and we, we actually, can't do the, a couple years ago we talked about yeah, that we did the Republicans were like, hey, uh, what you know, we're, stuff's getting stalled out. What about killing the filibuster rule? for just this kind of legislation. And people are like, oh my gosh, how dare you? You can't do that. Filibuster rules protect them, the minority from just you know a simple uh, simple majority vote changing everything. And now fast forward a few years and we're at the point to where the Democrats are like, well, we don't like that it's a 50-50 tie and that we have to have uh, all Democrats have, all Democrats have to agree with us. And then we have to have the tie-breaking vote even if all Democrats agree with the vice president and then break the tie and we get out of hand. And blah blah blah. So hey, let's kill the filibuster rule, and you know we, we we can kill it for this and this and this. And it's only way to pass legislation, and it's only fair. And blah blah blah. It's like well, a couple of year ago you argued that it's the only way to protect, you know, our democracy. And now because it's on the other side, and you're not passing the stuff that you want passed. Oh gosh, now it's an old racist theory, and you know, and it needs to be ended. And it, you know. That's the thing. You argue that you can't do it for one side, but you can the other. It's like, I mean, it, it worked. Politics is probably one of the best things about this. You know, the the uh, do as I say, not as I do rule. Mm -hmm. uh, when when they redraw district lines, you always you always have one side or the other argue that the redistricting isn't fair, and then you have some of the. And then you have these. You look at some of these districts drawn up. And it's like, how do you get that as a district? You take this little tiny sliver right down the middle so you can make and sure. And then it gets bigger over here. and Just yeah. make sure you get, you know, the votes you need to keep that seat on, on your party side. And it's and you see it on both sides, and it's not one or the other. The filibuster rule, they've argued back and forth for since I've been old enough to pay attention to politics on do we really need it, can we get rid of it. And luckily, they've never gotten rid of it because I do believe it's something – it does hold yeah. things in line to where a simple majority won't give us some pretty heinous uh, rule sets on either side because, you know, no matter what side of the aisle you tend to vote on, that side still can put through some pretty heinous stuff that you might not agree with. And yeah. you're like, whoa, where did that come from? Now we're getting into some, some stuff that I don't like. Yeah. But... We are in a mentality where we have to be on a team, team this or team that. And it doesn't matter how bad our team does, we're going to support our team and we're going to go after the other team, even if we even if we used to like them or they, you know, what they're saying is right, but we're going to go after them because they're not on our team. Yeah. And even if our, our team did something even worse, oh, we're going to protect them. Oh, we're going to protect him. Oh, well, oh it doesn't really matter that he said thing. that or she did that or he he did that. or Oh, we're going to protect him. We're going to protect him. I mean, you, it's, it's, it's a little disturbing, but I can rant all day. I could get into, like, 
very very explicit details about different you know things that have been bothering me lately but i don't want to because sometimes you get really close to you know getting yourself in a position where someone's going to want to sue you pulling you a, pulling a goldberg yeah because you hurt their feelings or you know oh my goodness you said something that you know maybe maybe mostly true but might be slightly i might have slightly messed up what you said now you're going to sue me because i i changed a word and now i'm slandering you so i'm going to move away from that but the rogan the goldberg thing like i said that was pretty that's on the news people are mad at both sides and i'm just using those two as an example because they're both well known um just give everybody the benefit of the doubt again did Whoopi Goldberg mean to belittle what happened in the Holocaust? I do not believe so. Did Rogan, is Rogan putting out stuff and, you know, they're claiming he's he's killing people because he's letting counterpoints on his podcast. He's having a doctor who doesn't believe in the vaccines, but he's also had doctors on who do. And he had Sanjay Gupta on, for God's sake. Does that, does that mean he wants to kill people? I mean, they're like, oh, well, he's a right-wing extremist. Dude had Bernie Sanders on his show. And would have voted for him. And and Gary Johnson. He voted for Gary Johnson, for God's sakes. He had Tulsi Gabbard on. He's had everybody across, you know. Yeah, he would supported Bernie Sanders if he won the nomination. So this whole he's a right-wing extremist crap doesn't work. And it's just become the, the, the argument of the week. You're either a right-wing extremist or you're a left-wing liberal if I don't agree with you one way or the other. And it doesn't matter what you if what you say could be totally true. I'm just going to throw that flag out there and, well, well my followers aren't going to listen to you no more because I've labeled you something. Well, that person right there is a liberal. Oh, well, no, I'm not going to pay attention to anything else they say because so-and-so said they're a liberal. And I don't like liberals. Well, that guy's a conservative. He's right-wing. He's a right-winger. Oh, well, can't pay attention to anything else he says, and I don't want him, he shouldn't be allowed to even be able to talk because I don't like conservatives. Well, why? I don't know. Well, I was told not to. I mean, I literally had a guy say, well, my whole family's voted this way my entire life, so that means that's how I vote. Really? Do you know anything about the candidates you're voting for? Well, my mama told me, okay, there you go. Yep. So you don't make a choice of your own. Your mother told, told you who your family's voted for for the last two or three generations so that means that's dude you're you know that's not how things work man <laughs> you're yep. allowed to vote politics your way yep we don't vote by family anymore yeah but all right that's about all i got you know good one good one all right guys well we will be back next week with another show um it's currently snowing here in the valley which is awesome hopefully it gets it out of its system because i've about had enough of winter well it's funny we we had a late start to our winter and it decided hey let's have winter all in a three-week span yep let's have an entire winter in three weeks it's basically what she's done and it was 50 yesterday so yes it was yeah it was beautiful yesterday it was 50 it was friday was 62 yesterday it was 58 this morning, at midnight, it was at midnight. It was still forty-eight at my house. I woke up this morning. It's snowing. It's thirty-eight. It's like, well, I ain't worried about a sticking. It's thirty-eight degrees. Yep. Well, you know what they say about uh, Virginia. Yeah. You know, if you don't like the weather, wait five, five minutes. minutes. Yeah. We get uh, we get all four seasons in one day. Yeah. You can get you get heat exposure and frostbite in the same day. Welcome to Virginia. Yep. Now go home. No. Yeah. Anyway. 
All right. Well, we will talk to you guys next week. Appreciate everybody listening. We are sneaking up on our next uh, donation to Guardian Group, so we will keep you all in the loop. Yep. On that, when we finally make um, that donation, we will post our receipts, as always. Yep. But until next week, he's Jerry Armitrout. Later. I'm Scott Barker. You've been listening to Rolling Rocks Radio. We're out. The music for tonight's episode was But I Am Shafts of Light by Mayeth from their album, Wailing Village.